Jesus, you're gonna kill that guy. Of course, I'm a Terminator. Listen to me very carefully, okay? You're not a Terminator anymore, all right? You got that? You just can't go around killing people. Why? What do you mean, why? Because you can't. Why? Because you just can't, okay? Trust me on this. Man, what's the point in having a killing machine if you're just going to have him not kill? It's like, it's what he does. It's the whole point of him. It's what he was created for. Although yeah. they reprogrammed him to be a protector, I suppose. But how long before the military just takes a hold of this thing and sends him to overseas and puts him into all their projects isn't that the point isn't that like you know yeah. ask, ask miles dyson right yeah that's why they did it yeah. i suppose that's exactly why they did it yeah. so <laughs> welcome back to the last row podcast this is episode 125 as always my name is drew i'm joined by my best friend life partner and co-host mr badway what's going on badway did you just say as always my name is drew like as <laughs> as you go by something else as <laughs> always other, other times as opposed to other times when i don't go by drew that is correct <laughs> where can they find us if you're looking a- for us aka drew <laughs> if you're looking for us as always you can find our website the last on all the social channels our handle is at the last row pod check us out on facebook spotify youtube hit subscribe if you're enjoying the show and if you're enjoying it please consider leaving us a five-star review we appreciate everyone that's taken the time and left us one so far what's going on that way uh, not much, man. Just trying to figure out the rules of time travel, like <laughs> like any old regular old Sunday, right? You know? Just just a long weekend trying to figure yeah. out time timelines and time travel and complicated situations of future yeah. and past, present, different, different John Connors, this and that. So, yeah, we're doing Terminator Two Judgment Day. It is July, Judgment Day. July third, nineteen ninety one was not Judgment Day, but was the day this movie was released. I mean, it's one of the best movies of all time. I mean, really, best action movies of all time. There's nothing wrong with this movie, but we wanted to explore the space. Did you see this movie as a you? Or, Not uh, until a older? few years after it came out. I, I, I saw it on, on I think, HBO or one of the, the pay channels at that time, but I didn't mm-hmm. see it like in the theater, put it that way. Yeah. I don't know if you did. Yeah, so I had this thing where I saw it, I think it was on like the movie channel Showtime, one of those, HBO, whatever it was. So I saw it on there, and then I recorded it. I taped it. But that, but my tape was only two hours long, and I didn't know it at the time. And this movie's like the runtime two seventeen, too long, uh, <laughs> or just right for this movie. So every subsequent viewing, it would cut off right in the middle of like the the steel mill scene. So kinda, Axel says yeah, too long. <laughs> yeah, kind of like right after the T one thousand gets shattered, but with a look of nitrogen. That's like where my movie stops. <laughs> I knew how it ended because I saw it once before. But at what but, point do you watch it enough that you forget how it ends then? Or you, you miss it because, you know, Maxwell or whatever the tapes, RCA says too too long, too long. I always missed it, but like I, I watched it a lot because it was one of the few R-rated movies that I was like allowed to watch. Yeah. You know, so anyways, that's my that's my uh, story down memory lane. Like I said, two hours, 17 minutes. I think it's just right. Just about right. There's a director's cut that's 233, probably too, too long. long. Too long. Uh, interesting scenes in the director's cut. Maybe we'll get into some of that later. Um, ultimate cut 236 too, definitely long. too long too long I mean extra three minutes come on who James. does James Cameron think he is making come on, a four come hour on, come on Jimmy come on Jimmy Cameroon uh, <laughs> directed by James Jimmy Jimbo J Bones Cameroon James Cameron we know and love him uh, director of my favorite movie of all time Titanic 
IMDb 8.6 out of 10. Wait, is that re- Hold on a second. Did you just drop that? Is that really your favorite movie of all time? No, no. Um, all it's right. controversial. It's a controversial take because it's not really my favorite movie of all okay. time. But like, I underestimate how much I love that movie. I and thought you were just dropping that in there. I'm like, no, wait, no, no. Oh, wait a second. And if, and if you have a problem with Titanic, then there's something not. wrong. There's something wrong with you. You, you as in you people, not like yeah. you personally, but you, because like you. it's, it's three movies in one and it's a pretty short runtime for it being three movies in one for it being too long, a historical movie, uh, a romance and a disaster film. <laughs> pretty great. <laughs> James Cameron, IMDb 8.6 out of 10 for Terminator 2, too low. 92% Rotten too Tomato, low. too low. Metacritic, 75%. What are Way we talking low. about? It's too low. Way too low. 4.2 out of 5, too low. Out of 351,000 votes. I'm surprised that Letterboxd isn't higher. Honestly, this yeah. is like a critically acclaimed yeah. and universally loved movie. Also, we might debate this later, but this might be the greatest sequel of all time. Hands down, not even mm-hmm. a debate. Yeah. I mean, it's been done to death, the whole what's the best sequel thing. Like, yeah, obviously, this is one of the best. This is the answer. But yeah, how are you going to watch this movie and not give it like at least a four? Like, who's giving it a three? Yeah. Eh, you know, it was good, but... Uh, well, no. you did give, what, Into the Spider-Verse a, a two or something, right? What, what, We're not what? comparing <laughs> Spider-Verse with Terminator 2 I'm just Judgment saying Day. your scale, whatever you used for the scale of that movie. Is it good? Did you like friend. it? Is, yeah. it good? is it good? Did you like it? Yeah. I mean, I liked it, and it is very yeah. good. It's a five yeah. out of five to me, yeah. damn it. Yeah. In this sequel set 11 years after the Terminator, young John Connor, the key to civilization's victory over a future robot uprising is the target of the shape-shifting T-1000. A Terminator sent from the future to kill him. Another Terminator, the revamped T-800, has been sent back to protect the boy. As John and his mother go on the run with the T-800, a boy forms an unexpected bond with the robot. Radar. It's a friendship movie. It's a friendship movie. It's, it's a, a, bu- father, a movie. It's a father-son <laughs> bonding Good father barometer. Yeah. A plus father of the Terminator 2. The best father of I all. Like to, I like to call him Terminator 2. That's okay. I'm probably going to do that a few times accidentally. We're just going to go with it. He is Terminator 2. I mean, he's the second T-800 that yeah. we've seen, so yeah. it's a fair statement. Whereas the bad Terminator was T-1. So if, if I refer to him as T-2, T-2 is Arnold. Yeah. And don't let me forget this. We should come back to this, but I want, I want to talk to you about like the feel of the first movie versus the second one, but we'll come back to that mm-hmm. in a second. So let's hit up some taglines here. You tell me what you think of these. I think there's some good ones. Some of them are kind of whatever, but I'll start with the first one. So it's nothing personal. Uh, no, no. It has Doesn't nothing to do with sense. the movie. It doesn't make any sense. Next. This time he's back for good. Not true. Because he Not melted true. himself immediately after the mission was over. Yeah. He couldn't wait to get away from whining he ass was John Connor. temporarily back for, yeah. all, for, for a part. All that teen angst, he just couldn't, couldn't stand it. We said this movie take place in like one day, basically. It's like a day or two, right? Two days, I think. 48 hours. Days. This time he's it, back yeah. for 48 Maybe hours. 48, 72, <laughs> 90, 96. This time he's back for three days. Uh, the battle for tomorrow has begun. Not bad. It's okay. All right. This next one is offensive. Get terminated July 3rd. <laughs> How is it offensive? I kind of like it. They're going to terminate you. Yeah. Like you terminated by watching you this? You get an like, experience that's going to blow your ass away. You, you watch this and then they yeah. kill you at the end when you're done. You're going to get butt punished in They 40X. murder you. Yeah. <laughs> you get terminated at the end of the movie. I like that's, it. I like it. <laughs> uh, here's another one. Remember the action. Remember the danger. Remember the emotion. Remember the mission. But if you've seen it all, 
look again. No. Nope. Too much. Sa- same make, same model, new mission. I like Kinda that like one. It. Kinda I like, like it. that one. Yeah. And uh, last two, hasta la vista, baby. No. Nope. You can't, no. you can't do the line from the movie. Don't do the it. line. Don't do the line. This is my favorite. This is my favorite. This time, there are two. T2. This I t- like that. Two Terminators, T2. They should have put two, like yeah. two, yeah. you know? Terminators. That's my favorite one. What if the movie was just called Terminators? Terminators. Yeah. It could have been. I mean, Terminators, colon, Judgment Day. Do you feel like giving it a number in the sequel sometimes cheapens it? Like when they do, instead, instead of saying Batman Returns, it was like Batman 2, like Terminator 2. I know they put a colon, Judgment Day, mm, but I think Terminators would have been good. I don't know. I think it depends on the title. Like, do you think it's classier that The Godfather is called, and the sequel to The Godfather is called The Godfather Part 2? Yeah, I mean, Karate Kid did the same thing, right? Like yeah. Karate Kid Part 2, If you put part the part, three. it sounds classier than just two. Yeah, but like, I don't even, even if, not even saying the number or the fact that it is an extra one, like, what if yeah. they just said, ter- like, I like what you said, Terminators, like it's yeah, the but second then, one. But then you don't get, like, I feel like they wanted to, like, that was a calculated marketing move to call it T2. They do. Like, they, they wanted to call it T2. Yeah, yeah. I, I get it. And they should have yeah. put the two in in the in the thing, like Terminators yeah. instead of the S was a two. Mm, I would have liked that. I but see. then it's like Terminator two, yeah. I guess. This is this <laughs> so. is before this is before Fast and the Furious. So yeah, too it. fast, too furious. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. So financials, this thing had a ballooned budget and it, it, it went way up. And I think I saw something the studio execs were kind of nervous. But listen, man, you got James Cameron yeah, on your you hands. You, got you give the guy the money, you take the yeah. checkbook out, you give him whatever he wants to yeah. make the movie that he's gonna make. It was 94, reportedly 94 to 102 million estimated. And the cumulative worldwide gross was a return on about 520 million. And I'm sure that's not even enough. Like there's probably even more, but this thing was a hit. You're not going to give Picasso a a box of crayons. Like you just, you got to give him, you got to give him the set, the paints. You got to give him expert paints. I didn't. The paint is portrait. And I don't know where this goes in and maybe it's part of the budget or not, but, and I don't know where this fits, but we should just take a second here. But like, were you into the merchandising for this movie? There was a whole bunch of stuff related Mm. to like the toy line that was out. And we talked about this before, but Having like a very small art, uh, having a, a toy line that targeted young children for an R-rated movie was kind of wild. Yeah, right. And I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but there might have been like a Burger King tie-in too, or yes, something like that. I think there was. There's a whole bunch going on. Like, and I was all about it. I didn't have any of the toys, but I was all about like the T2 merchandise, and like I thought it was cool. And I had never, I didn't even know about Terminator One. I was what? I was maybe seven or eight at the time. Yeah. I saw T2 before I saw T1 because T1, you know, there was a sex scene and all, you know, yeah. it's not for it's me. a horror movie, really. Right, right. But yeah, I was all about it. I was all about the marketing. And um, I think it's kind of weird to market an R-rated movie towards kids no matter what you're doing, but I guess I get it. And in this case specifically, this isn't a very, this is almost a PG-13 movie. Yeah, watching it. I wanted to ask you about that. Like, do you feel that, you know, because the first one was was horror-ish, We've even said that when we did the first episode, go back and check it out. Uh, one of our, our previous episodes, we did Terminator 1984. Do you feel like this one was like what made it a borderline? It's like a soft R instead yeah. because of language and stuff like that, I think. Yeah, it's just language. There's no sex, no nudity, no nothing like that. No hinting of sex. Arnold's not, kill, Arnold's not killing people. He's their own, The Terminators are shooting each other. There's T-1000 stabs a few people pretty violently. That's what gets its R rating, and that's about it. Yeah. It's true. I mean, the the language is you could cut her, yeah. cut it out, but yeah. like he was the T one thousand stabs people in the eye, like that's pretty violent. That, but I guess yeah, if they the, didn't yeah. show that, that's it. it. Been, no, yeah, it's the T one thousands violence with the stabbings is it really? 
Arnold's shooting at cops, but he's not killing them. I should say, you know, the the almost massacre at Cyberdyne, Cyberdyne uh, is more than a, what PG-13 uh, movie would like. But he's just shooting him in the leg and he's gassing him. But the fact that you're up there shooting a minigun at cops could be R in itself. Implied. Yeah, yeah, the impl- implication of, of yeah. that. Like, I mean, I mean, it's a badass scene. You can't argue yeah. with that. But It's all about yeah. the implication. I didn't mean to take us down that path, but it, it's just while we were talking about it, I yeah. felt like it made sense to touch. I mean, this movie was very successful. It was vo- obviously very popular. This is the one Terminator movie of all of them in the franchise that actually was nominated and won Oscars. It had six Oscar noms and it won four awards, best sound, best effects, sound effects, editing, best visual effects, best makeup. Uh, it lost cinematography and best film editing to some other films back in, in 91 there. Hmm. It also won a couple BAFTAs, one for sound and best visual effects. You know, we like the BAFTAs on this. It was a ball that's <laughs> fun time, this whole movie. What I'm about, though, is the fact that Arnold won a Kid's Choice Award for favorite movie actor. That's that's the best one. and. No. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. Gonna, I for, always forget. But we did a movie recently where an R-rated movie won an actor best kids' choice award. Yeah, totally weird. <laughs> it is, but weird. again, it just, it transcends rating. The it's toys. Like everyone knew that Arnold was the Terminator, and the fact that he was a good guy, of course. Yeah, of course. It, it made know, it even better. <laughs> like him banging out the one-liners. You don't have to see the movie to know Arnold's one-liners from this movie. Well, and not to mention the fact that this thing won a whole bunch of MTV movie awards. And 92 was a was a pretty a big year for this. I won't go into all of them, but it won Best Movie. Linda Hamilton won Best Female Performance. Schwarzenegger won Best Male Performance. Furlong won Best Breakthrough Performance, which you could maybe argue mm. <laughs> on that. Uh, Linda Hamilton also won Most Desirable Female, which you can't have that category well, anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I, well, I mean, it depends on what you're into. I mean, That's what I mean. Uh, best Action Sequence for the LA Freeway Chase, which is iconic. Uh, Robert Patrick lost best villain and then best movie song. You could be mine. Let me oh, tell you, um, dude, you could be mine. Yeah. And I'm, I'm surprised that Robert Patrick lost the, the best villain award. So he lost to Rebecca de Mornay, the hand that rocks a cradle. There's other mm. movies in this category. And these are things that like, we really wouldn't watch like Alan Rickman for Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, Cape fear, Robert De Niro, Wesley Snipes, New Jack city. But like, how did the T 1000 not win the best villain for freaking MTV well, movie awards. Uh, it's because it's MTV movies, but let me tell you, if you've never seen Hand That Rocks the Cradle, I didn't see this movie until way after the after this all this was done. She's more evil than the T-1000. I know, That's but sure. the T-1000 is like iconic. I'm not yeah. going to say that she you doesn't can't just, deserve you can't just have You can't just have T2 just run away with it's all the It's got to win everything. Though, right? I mean, it's the best movie. It's <laughs> you can't you can't just have like you got to you can't just have everyone just come up on stage collecting moon men. You got to got to spread it out. Check out so what else the nominees for best movie were Boys in the Hood, great movie, Robin Hood Prince of Thieves, Backdraft, JFK, and then obviously this one. And Schwarzenegger was also up against Costner for Prince Robin Hood, Val Kilmer for The Doors, great iconic performance, and and De Niro for Prince of Thieves. I mean, there's a whole bunch in here for for this Terminator, but the most desirable female had Linda Hamilton, like I said, and then Christina Applegate, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. I really want to do that movie yeah. on this show sometime. Yeah. I think that's great. And Tia Carrere mm-hmm. for uh, Wayne's World. I mean, there's a ton of stuff. Uh, Point Break mm-hmm. came out this year, too. It's a crazy, and we did that yeah. movie, too. Go check out our back catalog. There's a lot of stuff, but T2 cleaned it up, man. They won yeah. a ton of awards. Well-deserved, in my opinion. Well-deserved. Yeah. Big time. All right, Drew, now getting into the movie here, we meet Arnold, and he's just like so clean-shaven, Drew. What Baby do you think, smooth. What, what do you think he, he pulled from the future 
to get <laughs> such a close shave. <laughs> well, if he had a beard, I can tell you what he would need. He would need the <laughs> the beard hedger for Manscaped. And breaking news, man, Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right, man. They're once again Ooh. revolutionizing men's grooming with a brand new beard hedger. From a beard trim to a fresh shave like Arnold, the technology behind the beard hedger allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com and using our promo code LASTROW, L-A-S-T-R-O-W, for 20% off and free shipping. And let me tell you, Badway, you guys have seen me on these streams. You guys have seen my face. I've got a heck of a hedge on my face. I've used this thing, and it cuts through it, and it does a, a pretty damn good job. Yeah, Drew's hair is just wild and out of control with the length, but his beard is always on point. And so is mine. I've used the beard hedger as well, and it is a step above all current products I've used in this area, Drew. So as Manscaped says, it's time to tame your mane. No one likes a weird beard. Uh, Drew likes weird hair, but not weird beards. So we're saying goodbye to all your stubble trouble with Manscaped Beard Hedger. This thing is a juggernaut of fixing faces. First off, this cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths. 20. I mean, some would say too high. I say just right. Just right. All, all with one guard. So no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. That's right. Face grooming doesn't need to be hard. Get 20 different beard lengths in just one guard. While the beard hedger is made for any length, it has a special feature for all my bald face boys out there. The Hedger has a built-in advanced lift comb technology that allows for a smoother, complete shave. Plus, the trimmer is also waterproof, so you can shave in the shower and avoid all that hair in the sink. Just, I wouldn't douse the thing in water. Like, I wouldn't take it in the tub with me in the bubble bath. You know, if we're washed up in the bubble bath, I wouldn't I wouldn't dip it. But if you've got the running water going, you're good to go. It also comes with the titanium-coated T-blades that are tough on hair but smooth on your face, leading to single-stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. Ugh. The Beard Hedger is a high-tech piece of art in a travel size package with a long-lasting battery, universal charging, and a strong motor. So the company that helped reduce nicks and cuts on your special place has come to save your face. How can we get this product? A lot of people ask us, how do you help out the show? If you really want to help the show out and help yourself get a nice beard trim and a nice close shave there, Go to manscaped.com, get 20% off and free shipping with our promo code LASTROW. That's L-A-S-T-R-O-W. Manscaped Beard Hedger, one stroke, one guard, 20 lengths. Let's jump into the movie and talk a little bit about the, the time travel and, and the rules, because I want to talk a little bit about what sends this T-800 back. John Connor yeah. sends him back, but mm-hmm. like, how did they get this guy and reprogram sure. him? We got to break this down a little bit. This is a tough subject, Drew, so you're going to have to rein me in a little bit if I get too deep in the weeds, because this this could be an hour conversation need a flow by chart? itself. Yes. You're going to need some visuals yeah. and diagrams? Yeah. yeah. You're going to get a whiteboard? So what we have is, so if we're talking about the 1984 timeline, right, we have a John Connor that we don't know of sending back Kyle Reese to protect Sarah Connor so that she may give birth to John Connor. How is that possible? Yeah. It's, it's, it's an infant time loop. Don't ask me, please. So my my theory with this the sending back is the original timeline John Connor was the weakest possible John Connor because no one was prepared for the robot uprising right no one yeah. was prepared for Skynet so there you know the prophecy foretold that John Connor will, will will help lead the human resistance so when he sends Reese back to prep Sarah to have John Connor and for him to be the chosen one to lead the human resistance 
it allowed to create a stronger John Connor mm-hmm. so that maybe the, the resistance gets a little stronger in the fight. The, the war itself gets pushed back a few more years, whatever may delay it. Cause whatever happens happens. Right. So in this timeline, we have the prepped John Connor kind of out his own. He knows what his mom told him, but I mean, she could be batshit crazy for all he knows. Right. I mean, yeah. According to most, she is. Yeah. And she, I'm sure she's described in tremendous detail that only a crazed lunatic would be able to describe thinking like they think it's real. Sure. But with such detail, you have to think in the back of his mind. He's like, eh, she's probably crazy, but I got to take this stuff kind of seriously that she's teaching me. Right. You have mm-hmm. to think that. The T-800, and it's really revealed that Connor sends him back, and you know they're sending the T-1000, so Skynet's sending the T-1000 back to now get John Connor as a child. They said, hey, they sent two of them back. The original one was to get her as a mother. So I don't know if this is happening sort of like alternatively at the same exact timeline, too. You talk about whiteboards and time charts and sure. stuff. I want to know what they did to reprogram him. Like, how did they reprogram the T-800, and did they go into a factory and get another one? Did they steal him? Like... Obviously, he probably attacked them, maybe. But what goes into reprogramming a T-800, and how did they do that to make him, like, a good guy? I, You know, it's funny. I'm not sure how they made him a good guy, but I guess you could say that it was more successful in that it wasn't a killing machine, but that was partially due to John Connor telling him, please don't kill people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they did have the learning switch in the chip, which if you watch a deleted scene, a geek like I am saw deleted scenes of this movie. Um, and it's in the extended version as well. If you want to you know, spend an extra 20 minutes watching Terminator 2 for the 100th time, please watch the extended version on HBO Max. They actually go into his brain and they can they flip the switch to, to make him uh, learn from humans versus being quote unquote read only. But as far as how Kyle Reese and and John Connor and all those you know, the ragtag crew did all this. I don't know if they had a Dyson in their corner. Then maybe they did. Maybe they had some kind of Miles Dyson character in their corner to to you know maybe kidnap one, find one that was half broken, and you know be able to test on it. I'll say this: you're on record of of your you are on record. We are on record of saying that they sent back a dud. So the T eight hundred in back in 1984 was a dud. That thing was. Not successful at all. It was a really a dumb killing machine. It's a pretty easy job, and they, they botched it really bad. <laughs> it seems like they've improved yeah. on their – at least they could turn them good. So this thing yeah. it might be the Model 1 or whatever, the 800 uh-huh. or whatever series. T-1000, it, 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 this thing is like consistently beating the T-1000 to different places. Now, maybe it has more information or whatnot, but it seems like it was certainly more effective as a good guy or on the good side than the bad side, certainly. Yeah. We talked a little bit about in the original Terminator episode that we did about them sending them back and what's the process of sending them back. Like they come back nude. So they're they're fully nude wherever they show mm-hmm. up. They have no clothes. They can't send back any physical objects. But the other thing that we didn't really touch on is like, are they looking for a specific persona or a person to take a likeness of? Arnold just happened to see the biker and took his clothes in the first one. Mm-hmm. This one seemed a little bit more calculated where he knew he wanted to be that again. And the T-1000 shows up as a cop. Was that on purpose or was that an accident? And is it that you spawn next to something and you become it? Like, was it calculated? I I don't think that the teleport like ending point 
is is calculated because why? Well, maybe it is. You want it, you want to have him in relative obscurity. You send him in the middle of the night, but like like for example, Arnold got spawned on the back end of a of a was it a shipping container or a, yeah, or a pickup, like a, a pickup a truck? truck, like a eighteen wheeler. Yeah. Like I'm sure you don't want to just like be in the middle of a truck, right? It burned it <laughs> off. It's like, that's yeah. not, that's not very uh, accurate or precise. Is it nice right? Touch. Yeah. It's not very precise. And the T 1000 was in the middle of a fence, but I guess maybe like it's the same spot that they were. It's just, yeah. you can't predict what was be- what was built on that spot, you know, 27 years ago, however long ago, like in the future it was that they were sent back. But no, that's completely random. And, and who you meet is completely random too. Like, uh, would you prefer Arnold? Do you prefer Arnold in his street punk clothes that he stole from from Bill Paxton, or do you prefer uh, biker biker uh, Arnold? Biker Arnold is, is is hands down my favorite because he looks yeah. he looks badass. I mean, he's, he's you gotta have some pants. balls. Yeah, you gotta have some balls to show up completely nude at a biker bar in yeah. in nineteen ninety one. I don't think mm. that I would be doing that. And or you gotta either look like Arnold or you gotta be tough enough to fight off anybody that shows so up. So it's there. it's funny. All the all the female patrons and uh waitresses, they were like, oh and the guys were like immediately upset. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> they're offended. Was it, was it because like there's too much going on down there? Or <laughs> was it like a They were threatened. Were they threatened or, or or what? Or what was going on here? Or were they like were they just like maybe homophobic and they're like I'm sure that's it too. Who, but then also the you gotta wonder like about Skynet. Like are they defining the the average size of a male there? Like what goes yeah. into defining the genitalia yeah. of a terminator? I, don't know, man. I feel like there's gonna look like real. that's that's uh it's irrelevant, so it'd be a waste of time to worry about size. I know I know in the pre-notes or maybe it was last night we were talking about Cyberpunk the game Cyberpunk 2077 yeah. where there's like a slider to like <laughs> select your size of dong or whatever completely unnecessary because <laughs> you're not naked in the movie ever like, <laughs> in the game so I feel like it would have been it would have been a waste of time for Skynet to care about such a thing so I think it would have been funny if it would have been like this big hulking muscular dude yeah. with like a tiny little dong it is it is it is it functioning too like not to get into the nitty-gritty of this like i don't mean to go but doesn't he need to pose as a human so it shouldn't he have to be able to use well it? never never has the terminator been in a situation that he needs to f himself out of Drew. So. <laughs> not until now like if not he showed up as a prostitute maybe he would have needed to yeah so yeah like what if like like let's skip to the t1000 then like he showed up and oh surprise next to a cop here's kill the cop free cop car right yep he has, oh, he can look up where John Connor lives. He's got a few misdemeanors on him. What if the first thing he saw was a prostitute, male or female, right? He could have, he could, he can morph into any human he wants once he touches him. Yeah. He could have morphed into a female prostitute and taken a female form. Yeah, he could have. It's not I- just Robert Patrick. It's whoever. <laughs> Unless it's Robert Patrick in a wig. Like that would yeah. be funny. Well, now, <laughs> now, now, now you're saying something. Now we're getting somewhere. I think, it, I think it's interesting though, like, what is the worst thing? Because a cop, the first movie, he shows up and he's got to use the phone book. So he's got to yeah. use a phone book or the yellow pages and the white pages to go find Sarah Connor. You're right. Like he nailed it. He had a police database. He could just mm-hmm. type in John Connor and go find yeah. him. That stuff existed back in 84. It just yep. wasn't accessible, I suppose. And like he had no uh, emotions, just like just like the T-800, just like Arnold. He really had no emotions. So he kind of fit a cop kind of like on a mission to find a boy, right? Imagine if he turned into that prostitute and he was like, his mission was, all right, I'm a prostitute. I guess I'm going to try to try to talk this boy into banging me so I can stab him once I get near him, right? So imagine him trying to seduce 
John Connor as a prostitute, monotone robot looking like, you know, who, who the hell knows what. Do, That's do a movie you, I want to see. <laughs> do you think it was bad that he picked a cop? Because, like, you mentioned this before we recorded, and maybe I should save it for the villain scale, but... Like, how would he know? I mean, is Skynet realize that teenagers are sort of averse to yeah. authority figures? That's the major problem with him being a cop. He would have killed John Connor right there in the arcade had he looked anything else except a cop. Yeah, he could have just been Budnick, a random guy. Budnick, his buddy, ratted him out right away. Um, if it was, if he would have morphed into another kid, if he, all he had to do was kill a kid. Well, they said and, and like take, size, take the form, of, take the form of the kid. Does he become a really big kid? Because it, they said well, it's like like size. Is he always like six two? Yeah, that's yeah. that's the thing. No, because well, he you turned into the floor. The- <laughs> he turned into the floor. Also, I was just gonna say, <laughs> so, if you're gonna turn into yeah. it's like floor tile, then maybe <laughs> let's just get into this now because I find it, I find the whole conversation between John and and Arnold ridiculous yeah. when he talks about what the T one thousand can and can't do. Complex like, machines. Oh, he can't turn into a pack of cigarettes because has to be like size. So he can't turn into a gun or a bomb because there's because there are uh, mechanical parts or or uh, chemistry involved. But he can turn into any human he wants, right? Like. To me, what's more complex than being human? Yeah, than turning into a human. Unless it's the shell of it. It's just like, the skin, I guess. You're not your internals aren't a human. Okay, but it, but isn't like the T1000 the most complex machine like ever made? So yeah. isn't anything by definition less complex? Like a bomb is certainly less complex than how the T1000's internals work. I would imagine. Right. And there's still like there's there's still chemistry and atoms involved in turning your hand into a a hard spear right the <laughs> penetrating spear right it's a caveman weapon yeah. i suppose but i guess you can't like form yourself into a gun that has like you know has a hammer it's got it's got the trigger it's got multiple motions if this then that then this equals bullet goes what about like a crossbow or something like yeah. that's not a complex machine like he could hey. make himself into a bow and arrow and then nope. shoot himself yeah, at people you're right and now i'm thinking about the mask where it's like what if he just like formed a a uh a liquid bullet in his mouth and just yeah. spit it he spit <laughs> it he's spitting it at john connor I'm thinking like that's about, not complex at all that's yeah. very it's rudimentary like you said the mask when he's shooting the tommy gun bullets or yeah, whatever out of his right. mouth he or could just, do that or just creating knives and just throwing knives at john you know <laughs> i i like that i it's, yeah. oh, we have to save some of this for the villain scale maybe we should talk yeah. about t-800 first and we'll come back to this but I, I think it's i think it's a fair point like what is it right because the t-800 is is a pretty simple machine by comparison, even though yeah. he almost seems more complex because he's got more parts and moving things. And the T-800 is just like ball of liquid that yeah. falls up. But I want to talk about Arnold for a second. You asked me this before we recorded. And I think it's a really important question. Was Arnold too big to play the bad guy at this point in his career? We talked about how they positioned him as, you don't know if he's good or bad before you go into this movie. You come in, like, what do you think about Arnold as the bad guy and then him being the, the good guy in this? It flips it on its head from 1984. Yeah, I feel like at a certain point, an action star, once he gains traction as becoming a star, you don't want to show yourself being defeated, right? This is a plot point in uh, Once Upon a Time in, in, uh, in Hollywood where Leonardo DiCaprio's character uh, played this big tough you know movie star where he always won he always got the girl he always saved the day and now he's being cast as like a big bad on someone else's show on timothy oliphant's show where he's the in there for a one episode arc or two episode arc where he gets defeated at the end and that kind of tells the audience that you're you're less than you're on the downslope of your career 
or you're you're not as powerful as say the, the hero of the movie. It's more of like a, it's it's like art it's like art imitating life in a way. So I feel like at this point you can't have Arnold being a bad guy when he has this momentum as becoming an action superstar. Yeah. Well, do you take any? Do you take anything from that, or do you think it's like eh? No, I think it is because he was coming off of what Kindergarten Cop. He came off a bunch of other movies. Well, I mean, look at this. I mean, after he was after he was freaking Terminator, he was. I'm skipping some, but obviously Commando. He was Predator. He was Running Man. You know, he did a couple comedies. He did Kindergarten Cop. He did Twins. He was he was Quaid in Total Recall. Like that's too many good guy movies in a row. You can't, you can't to go this backwards. day. Like, was he? Is he? What was the last time he was a bad guy? Like, I don't has he, has think he been? He was. Has he been since Mister Freeze? Yeah, which maybe is that's like it. it's just kind of silly, but it's like silly. Did Mister Freeze not kind of like railroad his career a little bit? That's as, true. That maybe not his fault, but like him being a villain in a movie kind of led to uh, stunting the momentum of you his know, career. You know what he said after that? Never doing that again. Never doing that shit again. <laughs> Never doing yeah. that again. I bet his agent warned him, and he's like, "Trust me." You <laughs> said, "He said, I, I got this." <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> uh, no, it's true though. I don't know. I mean, there's something where people play the good guy all the time, and it's like maybe it's fun to be the bad guy, but yeah. it's a little different to your point where he was on top of the world, and at a certain point, it's actually probably shocking for people to see him as the bad guy because yeah. it's like, oh my god, he's this good guy. It's, Think about a movie like The yeah. Expendables, yeah, like Expendables Two, one of my favorite movies of that whole series. The bad guy was Van Damme, and you mentioned like he took one for the team. Yeah, nobody wanted to be the bad guy in that movie. Would Seagal like, have been a better bad guy? Yeah, I, I, they wanted Seagal. He said no way, and he should have done it because his career was already over. It would have been still awesome. refused. He I mean, refused Van to be was, defeated. Van Damme was amazing in that movie, and he's actually probably one of my favorite parts. Like he played a an awesome bad guy, and that yeah. movie's that movie is underrated. I know that movie gets a lot of crap. That series gets a lot of crap. But yeah. that movie is fantastic. The second yep. one is so good. Yeah. And I feel like Van Damme was great, but it would have been awesome if Seagal was the bad guy. He should have yeah. done it. So yeah. and and we do wrestling, we do wrestling uh, you know, callbacks in the, in, the, in this podcast a lot, but it's 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 really the same. And, and 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 us as and I say us, I mean everyone, me and you included, that we're kind of dumb, like subliminally, to where and especially back in the early the late eighties and early nineties as an audience, to where yeah. You know, yeah, you, you ha- there has to be momentum for your for your 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 Q rating, and he, Arnold could not have been a bad guy in this movie. Like it would have definitely would have been a, an awkward position on his on his um filmography, especially after the films that that he did. Yeah. So, but when I when I think about him, you talk about him being a good guy. You look at him as a father figure in this. You mentioned it, right? He's sort of a good father, sort of a father figure. I mean, what would you think having the Terminator as your friend or, or your pseudo father? I mean, it's a pretty uh, good guy to have. Yeah, I mean, I, I forget the exact words, but Sarah Connor laid it out in her in her little uh, speech. There, it's like he'll never he'll never hit him, he'll never beat him, he'll never yell at him. You know, he'll he'll be there for him forever. And it's like he's sad a little bit, right? That's like, like, oh, what a good dad. Her bar is so low. Like he'll never beat him. He'll never. Like, I mean, come on. She's she's been running guns. I mean, the crowd she's hanging with. He'll never be too busy. He'll never be drunk. He'll never say, shut up. I'm watching the game. Like he'll never do that. (laughs) He's a machine. He's a machine. so would she have fallen in love with him if he stuck around more? Oh, I mean, she looked like on. she was really looking for for love. I mean, don't, I, I don't want to turn into a romance here, but a don't be ridiculous. She was not looking for love. She's looking for blood. But B, how do you not fall in love if he's like the best father figure with your kid? 
there's no time to fall in love when the the cyborg robot revolution is around the corner. Uncle Bob. There's no time. <laughs> Plus he's and, Uncle uh, Bob. And B, she will never, I don't care how many li- times it saves her life personally, she will never fully trust that thing. I, let's talk about her then because I agree yeah. with you. You talk about the bad father barometer. Is there a bad mother barometer? Is she a good mother? Like, what is your take on this? Because this is a complex yeah. subject. Uh, well, this is, this is the ultimate, like, how would you do it better? And it's kind of impossible to answer. She is a good mother, but if you take a step back and see the way she did it, she might even tell you she'd do it differently, right? Because she went so hard into the belief that it got her institutionalized. You can't do that. Yeah. She left him alone. She's helpless in that. And she, like, she's, she, you can see it in the scenes where she's going nuts in there, not because they don't believe her, but because he's vulnerable right now, right? So you have to do better to not get yourself institutionalized, which means lying to the public more about what you're all about. You can't tell your your future boyfriends and and gun trainers and whatever she was taking young John Connor along. You can't tell them about the, the robot uprising. You got to keep that shit to yourself. <laughs> you tell him and him alone, right? I mean, we know that the government suppressed what happened, right? They found the chip. They found the arm. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a cover up. Did the psychiatrist and all of them, were they in on it too? Or do they really think she was nuts? Because that psychiatrist was there at the police station when that place got shot up. Yeah. So it wasn't like he didn't see Arnold in 84 yeah. running that place down. Right. But there was never any real visible proof that it was a machine. True. It was just a maniac that, you know, killed however many people. Came in and you was never seen again. Yeah, and then he was never seen again. So it's like a manhunt for this maniac that inexplicably went on this police station massacre. Yeah, they they may have hit him a few times with bullets and like but he could have been high on PCP. Well, that's who true. knows? Like it's not like it's not like he revealed himself to be a robot. That's true. And I mean, yeah. you're right, and I think you brought up a good point cuz one of the things I wanted I was going to ask was like what is it like being locked up in a psych ward? Yeah. Knowing that you're right. I think about the movie 12 Monkeys with Bruce Willis and I yep. think about the idea of like knowing that the world is going to end, you know, and you're trying to tell people you're right in that if she could do it again, maybe she'd do it differently because if you start revealing this information, you start telling people stuff, they're not going to believe you and then they're right. going to lock you up and you're stuck and you can't do anything. Whereas maybe she plays more of a guerrilla yep. war behind the scenes instead. But you bring up that police massacre and that's the tricky part because probably to her, it's super obvious, right? Right. And it is, it is. It's like, you guys were there. She was there. This thing with no regard for his own life walked in and out of that station, killing everyone and taking hits. Didn't you guys see like, isn't that fishy? And maybe in the back of your mind, maybe some of the cops do believe her or at least like maybe it'd be interesting to investigate this further. But that opens themselves up to also being institutionalized if they go too far down the rabbit hole. So you're better off maybe not believing her to save your own ass. I want to talk about John Connor too. And it's a major point because you got Edward Furlong playing John John Connor. He hasn't been in a ton. But talk about preparing your child to be the leader of the resistance. Do you actually believe that this kid, I mean, this kid that you see in this movie. This boy. This boy. Have I seen this boy? Could you have you seen have you seen this boy? Do you know John Connor? Have you see, could you see him growing up to become the leader of the resistance? And is it the resistance of all humans, or is it just like yeah. the faction of Los Angeles? 
Dude, I don't know, man. I don't see it in this guy. This, I mean, he, well, he does have, he's smart. He's definitely smart. He knows how to hack Both, an ATM. He knows how to hack an ATM. He's street smart and he's book smart, even if he doesn't like go to school or whatever. Like, he's still smart. So that's like step one, right? Tough? I don't know. Like, I could probably beat this kid up, right? <laughs> As as a fellow fourteen year old, I was gonna say it right now, or or as a fourteen. Oh, absolutely, right. Crush him right now, but as a, <laughs> don't you remember a kid can't beat me at anything? Don't you he's remember? got the T eight hundred with him though. Yeah. Can you can you take Arnold? Arnold will be. Ready I, I to feel shoot like me. Well, yeah, I don't want to get shot in the leg, but yeah, <laughs> he'll well, live. That's, that's a different story. You know, he'll live. You know, if his friends could beat me up, and is and if is, if uh, the T eight hundred is considered his friend, then yeah, that's different. No, I don't see it. And it's and it's really the whole it's him right it's Edward Furlong is that yeah. kind of it it, it kind of is like I just yeah. don't see it with him and uh, you know yeah. I I've thought about this when we were watching this like this movie is by and large a perfect movie I can't I don't think you ch- change much yeah but I can't help but think and maybe at the time it was different because he was sort of a young actor. If you went back and replaced him, because as I was watching, there's one person that I was thinking, and I want to see if you're thinking it too, around the same time that kind of looks like him and could kind of act like him. I'm curious if you would think about who this person is, but I kept thinking, if you're going to do anything with this movie, and it's a total hindsight is 2020 thing, replace him out, I think that's the one thing I would change. And I'm curious who you would change him with. I see, I was drawing a blank because I couldn't think of any kid actors that were like, like my stupid brain goes to like, sitcom so i'm like what is it jonathan taylor thomas gonna do this like no (laughs) is michael j fox gonna (laughs) survivor strong yeah and then then you said it you said it in the in our pre-meeting and i was like okay there it is why don't you reveal it yeah because all i could think about was another james cameron actor leonardo dicaprio yeah and he was young at the time he wasn't doing a much doing that much here i think he did what's eating gilbert grape in 93 but he kind of looks like him. He had the same hair. They were yeah, around the he same does. age. He does. I yeah. think a two-year difference. Mm-hmm. I, I man, if you went back and cast a young Leo DiCaprio in this movie, I think it could have worked. And I'm not Let, saying Furlong yeah. was bad. I just think yeah. Leo would have taken it up a notch. Now, here's the thing. Now, Leo, Leo can do anything, right? He can transform himself, sure. But like, Furlong is just sorry. No offense to 14 year old <laughs> Edward Furlong, but isn't he like <laughs> dirty looking? Yeah. Like he has the he has the dirtball look that fits John Connor. <laughs> right? He did. You got, you got this blonde he kid did. and this brunette kid. Who are you gonna pick? And it's like But I but again, which leads to me not believing he's the leader of resistance, which it's it's the other like discrepancies he uh, uh, too dirty. His other downfalls as an actor, like when he cries, right? And I and I always think of this as the worst the worst part of the movie is at the very end where where uh Arnold leans over to him before he dips himself in the pool, right? He goes, I know now why you cry, <laughs> but it's something I could never do. <laughs> Which is like, it's an, an Arnold said it horribly, and I know it's supposed to be touching, and it's supposed to be a father something, but like, I never felt emotional. And even today, like, I'll, I'll sit there, I'll shed a tear at movies that I've watched 30 times, but like, now I'll cry about it because like, I have more life experience, you know? No, didn't, didn't, didn't hit me now. <laughs> thought it was as ridiculous now as it did back then. It got me, and, man. I didn't and, cry, but it got and me. And part of it was me not 
believing that Edward Furlong was actually <laughs> sad, right? <laughs> but Arnold, like the the relationship between the two, I felt like was good. It was like a yeah. You talk about having a dog, know. like he yeah. was kind of his pet, and it was. He was there, he's his protector. He was sort of like, his Batman, so to speak. Yeah. But I feel like there needed to be more scenes of them being personable with each other. There just wasn't enough, right? Yeah. And there's no time to do that in the movie. It's not the movie's fault. And I'm not even blaming Furlong, because he was good for like 75% of this movie. But he just couldn't carry the emotional weight. And it's probably why that he never like you talk about um breakthrough performance. You made the joke, like breakthrough performance ever furlong, isn't that funny? It's like, yeah, he broke through, but like he kind of like went back in the hole then. Yeah. What was he, he in next? Like, American History X or something? I think that's like it's it, possible. Right? He's in uh, one of my favorite uh, B movie horror movies called Brain Scan, oh, which I think okay. which I think was right after this, where he plays a video game and it's about a serial killer and it's like a VR brain experience, and it turns out that like he actually committed the murder, and he has to like cover his own tracks. It's a whole thing. It's like it's trippy. Was he broken through at that point or did he go backwards? No, that was kind of a step backwards because the movie was so bad. Like it was, it was like good, bad. It was like one of those enjoyably bad, but yeah, that part of his acting led me to not believe him as the resistance leader. I liked the scene when he said, you know, I, I, it's, I know now why you cry. Like it got me a little bit. I didn't cry, but it got me. Every when I know it's coming, I'm like, Oh boy, here we go again. (laughs) I know now why you cry. But it's something I could never do. He's supposed to say it wouldn't. He's Man. a robot. He's a robot. And then, like, and then he gets dipped into the pool, and like you can tell he's sad, but he's a robot, so he's not allowed to be sad. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't like sad T eight hundred. Give me more of the stoic T eight hundred. He's got a learning computer, though. He learned emotion. Now, now that's the question, though. Was he emoting, or was it something because he expected like? Furlong expected it, so he was trying to mimic a human. He's mimic. He's mimicking it. He's definitely mimicking it. It's like John. I'm sorry. I have to go. I'm sorry. Because if you're a machine, like it's yeah. logical that you need to he's kill not, yourself. That's yeah, he's it. not. He's not sentient, so he can't. He doesn't have the emotion, but it's he logic. understands the emotion. He's not Johnny I, Five. Yeah, I know now why you cry, but it's something I can't do. I know you're sad. I have to go. I'm not sad. I'm just yeah, going. You're sad. Yeah, you're sad. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, not crying. I'm not, I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly I'm it. I'm not sad. You're sad. <laughs> I got to go. Bye. Yeah. And then it, he jumps in and it's like, do you think he should have done the pencil too? I was thinking about that too. <laughs> no, you can't self-terminate. You can't self-terminate. That's the rule. But like, isn't isn't hanging on to that thing and letting them lower you by nature self-terminating? Yes. So yeah. shouldn't they, ha- he should have said like, he's got to run and they got to try to kill him. Yeah. That's the termination. But he, but if he knows the plan, he should be able to stop himself from being terminated. That's what I mean. Like he knew, I feel like his system, it wouldn't allow him to actually yeah. be submerged. Like, like I can't, I can't, I can't hang all this chain right now because this is a dangerous situation where I could down. possibly be terminated. Right. Yeah. This might self-terminate me. So how do you, how do you, how do you make, how do you do that then? He's, how do you they have, he's going to have to run away and they got to try to hunt him. I well, think they'll, they'll never get him. They will <laughs> never, they will never kill this guy. And that's where they should have went with the sequel instead of the other ones. But <laughs> Okay. Well, when he allowed them to like switch his chip, you know, he, yeah. he they could just say, all right, we're going to go in there. We're going to switch your chip back. It's a trick to, read, to read only, to trick him. That's how you got to do it. <laughs> that's they have to trick him. That that's yeah. how they do it, and then they and just since, burn his chip yeah. out. And since John is his like leader, quote unquote, like, right. he has to do whatever he says. John says, "Sit down. We're going to take your chip out." And that like that's how you get him. But it's like, and he wants you to get him, but like he he can't he can't know. 
But what's a higher a priority? Listen to him or do not self-terminate? Like which one takes the precedent in, in the order of operations? Self, self-terminate equals failing the mission. All right. So it's and you cannot same. fail. So that's really rule one. I like the idea of him running away and them having to chase him. I think that would yeah. be like, a, Unless, like a hunting him. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, uh, let's just make the movie longer. Let's just keep going. <laughs> it's too short. Too low. That's <laughs> way too low. <laughs> but uh, no, like, wouldn't that be funny? Like, if self-terminating is the only way to save John. So you got to put John in a dangerous position. Yeah. For him to have to self-terminate. Like, so like, he'll have to dive in the lava so John lands on him so that he could like, jump out. I don't I, know. Man, this is like, I don't want to have a three-hour episode here, but you, th- yeah. this there's too much to talk about, and this you know? is like Terminator Two. It's, it's one of get, the best episodes of all time. Yeah. Let's get James Cameron to listen to this audio, and he'll be shaking his head, going, "These freaking idiots!" Damn, why didn't I make this movie? That's what he's gonna say. <laughs> should have. He's gonna these, be freaking idiots. You, these guys you're, you're knew about were, it too much. These guys knew what they were talking about. I should have made that movie instead. Yeah. That's what he's gonna say. I, before movie, we move on from him, I have to ask you one other question about him, because I want to know, like, do you really think that he was a jerk? Or was his foster family bad? And I think it's a it's a question that I've always thought about for twenty plus years here. Like, yeah. was he really bad, or was the foster parents terrible? Because the dad seemed kind of like a jerk. I mean, talk about bad father barometer. Like dad, dad kind of seemed like an alcoholic a little bit. I mean, he had like two lines in the movie, and both of them were one was being sarcastic to his wife about disciplining uh, Connor, and two was yelling about how the dogs making too much noise because <laughs> the wife was actually. The T one thousand, so it's like the the dad's like scumbag right off the bat, right? Is that is that the best dinner of all time? Because if it's a, if a computer is making the dinner, it's like the the perfect ratio. Or was he just faking it? Like, did he not even know what he? How was do doing? you how do you know how to like cook? Di- like that wasn't programmed His into detailed him. files. He's got to be a human. And how long was he supposed to keep up the charade of being the wife <laughs> slash foster mother waiting for John to come home? Until, yeah, it's gonna be weeks. Yeah. <laughs> What if the husband wanted to get like frisky in the meantime? Like, is that does he get stabbed then and there? Something else turns into a stab instead of the finger there. Yeah. It's not, there's going to be other yeah. other pointy objects that kill the husband there, not not the finger to the eye. No. Whatever. But uh, no, I, I really found it hilarious that the T1000 was cooking dinner. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to blend in, you know. Just waiting, just waiting to come home, right? No, I, I think the parents probably sucked, but it's hard. Like imagine, imagine like we don't know how many foster homes that. Connor had been in. We don't know yeah, how long. They didn't say. We don't know how long uh, Sarah was locked up for. They may have said it. And maybe I missed it. But you can be as nice as you want to John, right? But at a certain point, if the kid just does not listen to a word you say, yeah, you're going to get frustrated. Yeah. I'm sure you get frustrated with your daughter and she's your, your flesh and blood. It happens. I mean, yeah. and John Connor's out there stealing $300 from ATMs and yeah. you know hacking computers and stuff. He's been arrested a few times as we saw the computer. He's so got a record. Like, this kid's always coming home from the cops and they were not surprised when the T-1000 showed up at the door asking where John was. They were like, oh, what do you do this time? Do you know this Dad, boy? <laughs> do you know this boy? So let's talk a little bit about Cyberdyne and, and Skynet and and, and Miles Dyson himself, and we mentioned a little bit earlier the chip and and the T eight hundred arm. They fell into the hands of Cyberdyne. How did they get this stuff? We talk about a government conspiracy. And what is Miles Dyson's role in this whole thing? Because he's a critical character in the movie. My assumption is that the FBI or whoever was investigating that factory explosion, whatever the hell happened there, they found the chip in the arm in the squash machine. And they were like, what the hell is this? 
we have to we have to like it almost it was probably alien to them right it's one of those types of deals so they take it to maybe the the leader in united states technology cyberdyne cyberdyne systems and say listen we got something big don't ask us where we found it just do your work what can you make of this technology and then they passed it down to their best man mr miles dyson and he would go on to basically create Skynet. What well, I always wonder too, if fate is inevitable or there is no fate or whatever, like did this just accelerate the events of the movie? Because, you know, we talk about time loop. If the chip and the arm didn't exist and now he's creating it by reverse engineering the chip, like how does Judgment Day happen if that first event never happened? Was it always destined and it is just a different timeline that sort yeah. of ultimately makes the events happen? Yeah, August 29th, 1997 is Sarah's date that she knows of because Reese told her, right? Right. That could certainly be moved up if Miles has breakthroughs in his in his research using the chip in the arm. Which currently, which did not exist in Reese's timeline until he went back in time to his second timeline. So yeah, the date is is it does not matter. It's like it could be moved up, it could be moved back. Like at the at the end of T two here, it's clearly stunted. The growth is stunted, but the government still finds a way in T three. It's just you know it's pushed back. Well, at what point is Miles Dyson considered a villain? Right, because. He doesn't really know what he's doing, does he? I mean, he just knows he's got this this chip that's no. like super advanced. They told him don't ask questions. Yeah. Is he evil or is it like he just didn't know what he was doing? And how would you react if you knew ultimately that what you were doing was going to basically spawn the event or the essentially the end of humanity as you know it? Yeah, and as, soon as, as soon as, you know, his assassination attempt fell through and he learned from from Arnold and crew he immediately renounced his work and he basically quit on the spot, went to blow up his office, right? Yeah. So you can't call him a villain, but it's funny. Um, another extended scene, which is why I think the, like it's worth checking out the, uh, the director's cut of this movie. Um, if you, you know, if you've, I think the, I think the theatrical release is perfect, right? But if you've seen the movie multiple times, it's worth it to see the extended version. There's a scene in there where, the morning of, it's a Sunday, the morning of his assassination attempt where Sarah went to get him, he's working from home. Yeah. And it's like, just the, the, the James, the freaking uh, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Cameroon, uh, just predicting working from home back in the early 90s on this, at, on this type of work, right? He had his whole office set up, Miles Dyson. He was working on a breakthrough and he's like, he was so close. He was telling his wife, I'm going to get this. And his wife's like, no. You got. You promised the kid you were going to take him to to the water park today, and he's like, "Ah, oh, you're right. You know, I love you." Blah blah blah. Like they're a nice family, right? <laughs> the type of family you wouldn't want to see killed by Sarah Connor, right? right? I mean, they set it up yeah. for that for sure, right? And then that night, she came and she infiltrated the house and almost killed him, and that that what led to them blowing up, you know, Cyberdyne. Had he worked through that Sunday, it's possible that he could have found the breakthrough that accelerated the growth of Skynet and caused it. And yeah. maybe caused it earlier than August 29th, 1997. True. There's no fate but what we make for ourselves. He could have altered fate in the negative without even knowing it. That's a, that's a good point. I mean, that's a good point. Yeah. And I mean, if this if these guys showed up, I mean, you talk about the assassination plot. Like, she tries to kill him. Like, if she actually 
killed him, would wouldn't that have been bad? Like yeah. if she actually shot him because they didn't destroy the stuff. It was sort of a short-sighted plan because somebody else would have just picked up the research. Was he the only man for the job? No one else could do it? Or would someone else have just done where he left off, I guess? Because they still I, had the equipment. Yeah. I think that he was the man for the job at that point. Had he, I guess, had he pushed through and made a breakthrough and sent it off to his colleagues, after the breakthrough, they would have been able to carry it, I believe. But I think if she assassinated him before the breakthrough, it may have severely stunted the growth of Skynet. Well, and the other thing was they showed up. How do you, you talk about believing or not believing. I mean, they had physical proof and Arnold chops his, his skin off of his arm like pretty quickly. Yeah. Like, would you believe this if they showed up? I mean, if they showed up with that, I mean, I think you have no choice but to leave that, yeah. right? It's it's not just the arm alone. I mean, the arm makes you pay attention, right? Because holy shit, this guy just removed his skin. But <laughs> I mean, there's there's some great prosthetics out there. That could be a prosthetic. Yeah. Well, we don't know. Yeah. Looks real. Looks. I mean, for 1991, it's pretty ridiculous. It's pretty remarkable. But the ripping off of the arm and the detailed telling of the story is enough. Probably. And there's and if they needed more visual proof, he could just like just rip open his scalp. Yeah. Chop know. his head off. Yeah, chop his head off and show show everyone his, his skeleton face if he really had to. A quick question about chopping the arm off. You talk about prosthetics and stuff, but what point does like it just not heal anymore? Because he ch- cut his whole arm off and then he starts wearing gloves and long sleeves. I'm yeah. are we to assume like he doesn't put that back on, right? He's walking around with a skeleton arm. Yeah, like, I don't I don't think it's like it's not like he's not like a snake, right? It's not gonna just because they said seal, his seal up. They said his bullet holes would heal, but maybe it's yeah. like smaller surface area. Yeah, I think it's like penetration of the of the of the skin. It's not the, it's not the same as ripping it off, right? Yeah, and I think I don't even know where to put this. I don't want to jump all around, but maybe best line of of the of the movie is is John Connor going, "Show me your room, kid." <laughs> like as his father is has a gun to his head. Come yeah. show me your room. Come like, show me your room. Now, there's nothing kids love more than showing you the room. <laughs> I know this. But <laughs> show me your room. The, the kid, the kid was about to take a bullet for his dad just five seconds ago, and now it's like, show me your room. Do you think Go he's going to be excited about? Think he's going to be excited about showing you his Batman sheets? Yeah, check out my yeah. uh, Transformers. Yeah. Come check out my Nintendo, my Super right. Nintendo. It's like his dad's got a gun to his head yeah. by a killing machine. Yeah, like oh cool, show me your room. Like yeah. Like, tell me, Leo. If I'm that kid, I'm probably thinking they're trying to get me away so they can shoot my dad. Would not be happy not see it. (laughs) See, now tell me, Leo couldn't have delivered that line a little bit better. I mean, come Come on. Come on, show me your room. Show me your room. (laughs) What about the plan to destroy the chip in the arm? Because they they do the assault you mentioned. He goes and blows up his workplace. I mean, that's if that doesn't get you fired, I don't know what does. I mean, ultimately, he dies. That's that's certainly suspended suspended without pay, that's for sure. Does he get severance for that? No. I, th- I think you. I think you pretty much violate your breach of contract. There's probably something in the in the bylines there about not blowing up your workplace. I like this this scene. It, it reminds me. You talk about that video game and that rail shooter. Like I yeah. think I'm thinking about a like the Die Hard video game and like a game more like that. Like this to me is is like an awesome level where you could have where you got to like infiltrate Cyberdyne, not just like a rail shooter. Like I feel like yeah. this is this yeah, is r- definitely ripe for that. And a really it's a cool video movie. game video game scene for sure. Um, Certainly memorable, and just Arnold with a minigun shooting at but not killing any cops. My favorite injury in this entire movie has to be the guy that got shot in the back with a smoke <laughs> grenade. Like, who in real life, how, like, you could probably count on one hand less than five people 
that actually got shot point blank by a smoke grenade, right? Yeah. It's not a thing that you get shot at. It's shot towards you, right? That thing had to hurt like hell. I'm sure it did. He probably broke and him, his spine. him running away, getting shot at, he goes, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Are you I'd nominating rather, this guy already for I'd 2023? Rather get shot, I'd, I'd rather get shot. Is it wrong to say I'd rather get shot with a bullet? I, no, because what if that thing severs your spine like, and yeah. then he's paraplegic? I mean, he'll live, but, but you he's know what? Yeah, paralyzed. He'll, he'll live. He'll but he's live. paralyzed. He's paralyzed, <laughs> but he'll live. Are you nominating this guy for the That Guy Award already? I mean, he's in the running. Uh, it's only February, but he's in the, he's in, <laughs> he's in the running. We got to add that. Yeah, yeah, the guy that gets hit by a smoke grenade in the back in Terminator yeah. 2, like two seconds of screen time, but I think it's a That Guy performance. Yeah, <laughs> but I didn't check the credits, but that's got to be the description for who that guy was in the cast. We barely even talked about the T-1000. We did a little bit earlier, but we got to put him through the villain scale. If you're new to our show, check out our villain scale. It's the last row patented villain scale. You got four major categories, look, style, hideout, or layer, plan, and henchman. Maybe we should adjust this at some point in the future. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see where he stands on the, the, the rating by the end of this thing. Let's just dive right into this. T-1000, one of the most iconic villains of all time. Look and style that way. I mean, this is like, it's got to be a five, right? I mean, yeah. come on. I mean, do you like you count his police officer form as like his main form? I guess that's who he is. Yeah, it's got to be. You also have to give bonus points or, or 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 negate points for his other forms, such as stepmom making dinner, psych ward, <laughs> security hospital, the floor, right? His uh, his Alex Mack ooze form, you know, various other cops, Sarah Connor, the voice changer, etc. Also, his weapons like. That he turns into his knives, his guns, uh, not his guns, his uh, his swords and whatnot. I don't know. It's pretty iconic, right? Yeah, I mean, you you see Robert Patrick in a police officer picture, yeah. and you know what this movie is from, or you know what what movie it's from. Yeah. And I feel like he has some, like, just the look itself is iconic. But you know, we don't talk about powers on this. There's no like category for powers or anything. But I think it kind mm-hmm. of fits under look and style. But you mentioned the fact that he can shape shift is is like just it's yeah. like unfair. Anything yeah. he touches, he can he can mimic. Oh. He can't form complex machines and all that. But you mentioned mm-hmm. some of the different weapons that he has. I mean, the fact that he can run like as fast as a dirt bike too is also yeah. pretty impressive. He can hang off of the back of a car. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like his look is so iconic, and the fact that he can transform it has to be a five, right? It's I yeah. can't we can't go lower. And uh, don't forget, it's slick back hair, too. I mean, the hair yeah. is very, very slick back. It's definitely, it was not pushed uh, back. Yeah, it was, was slick It was not back. pushed. It was slick back. It was slicked. Yeah. And I think his weapons, they're, they're a part of him because they are literally a part of him. And I, yeah, I, I think the, the liquid metal and, and the, uh, the effects as well. Yeah. Like the, the special effects that hold up uh, to, uh, to today's standards, kind of. like It really does. Sure. Sure. You can tell it, it's, it's, it's from a bygone era, but unbelievable for its time and passable for today, which I mean, we've talked about this before where there are other movies that have been made after this movie that look way dated. And this movie just like fits in the effects in this movie were just fantastic. And he's, he's a big reason for it. I mean, not Robert Patrick himself, but yeah, Yeah, but I, I agree with you. And I feel like you, you watch this and you can show it to someone that may not have grown up in this time and if you show certain movies like from the 90s, like think about Mortal Kombat. Remember when we talked about Mortal yeah. Kombat? We did that. It was 97. Yeah. And you think yeah. about the reptile or scorpion 
Like the reptile Look. CGI is one of the worst I've ever seen. The scorpion yeah. thing coming out of his hand. At the time, it looked really cool. This looks arguably better. And it's like yeah. 10 years earlier, in sure. my opinion. And, and uh, I know yeah. it's James Cameron and a huge budget, but it looks fantastic. And yeah, I, I and feel it, like it's awesome. And it all, and all, you're right. It leads towards a high scoring look for the T1000. It's got to be a five. It's, it's got to be a five. No, I went into this thinking that he was going to break the scale. And I really yeah. thought he was, but I feel like the scale is sort of set against him just Not because of what it is. <laughs> The scale is not friendly to people that don't have a house or friends. Yeah, it's it really. I don't know. Maybe we need to rethink this at some point. No, but I, I no. I think it. I think it stops people from being overpowered. That's true. But what about his hideout and lair? What are his accommodations? Does he have a place? Would you give him a home of operations <laughs> or base of operations? Not really. I mean, I wouldn't even call this cop cars. He's not even bad <laughs> enough. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be a zero because he's just always on the run. You know, just like I just think- like a. The T eight hundred. I mean, he had the motel, the yeah, Roach Motel. So, so at least he got it. I think he might have gotten a two for that. I think he did. If we gave him that, because yeah. it was, it was a yeah. So, to look back at the T eight hundred, we gave him a four for looking style and a one for his hideout and layer. I think it's a one. I think we don't go zero, so it's got to be one, yeah, just because we, we do one. it. But he oh, doesn't okay. have one. Yeah. So yeah, I think we gave him we gave him a point for the for be for having a place, but took it away immediately because the place was so terrible. Yeah, it was so right. <laughs> yeah, he just flat out to Navon because he's always on the run, as a Terminator should be. So what's he gonna it, do? Rest? Unless that's good because he doesn't have a place to hide, so no one's ever gonna find him because he's always yeah. on the move. He's a it's nomad. Like a, he's no, there's no time to rest. He doesn't need to rest. We, we can we can just give it a one. I don't know. I feel like it's, it's a one. It's I one. wish it was higher, but it can't be. Yeah. What about his plan? So, and maybe contrast the T-800 and T-1 yeah. versus the T-1000 and T-2. Well, we all know that, that T-1, T-800 was a dud, right? We've, <laughs> we've talked about it. It's been, it's been discussed, explained, and I think explained very well that it was a dud. This guy at least had a little bit better plan going along. He wasn't going all murder spree right away. He wasn't kicking down doors, shooting John Connors left and right. He, he took that cop uh, suit. And he went on a on a on a manhunt, on a legal cop manhunt. Now you could argue, as you you said earlier in the episode, that a teenager can't doesn't trust a cop. That's a fatal flaw in your plan. <laughs> Minus one. Yeah, but at least he was calculated about it and didn't yeah. just go on a shooting spree right away. Well, and and if you think about it, if he wasn't the cop, he would have had to commit a crime by stealing the cop's computer to look him up. So he gets a point for knowing that, hey, the cop has a computer. If that was calculated, if he wasn't just trying to be a garbage man or someone that didn't have access to that database, he didn't have to break into the police office and look for him. He didn't have to go to City Hall and find his public records. He did it. But you're right. I don't know. I think the cop was was a a good approach to it, but it also was a flaw, as you said, with the teenager. But, But it led him right to him. Like he was footsteps away from him, right? Whereas Sarah Connor in one, she was on edge because she saw in the news that two Sarah Connors already died. She was already ready yeah. to like defend herself, even though she didn't know what was going on until Reese found her. John, he locked eyes with him and still didn't know what was going on. True. So that that right there gets him further than Judd, right? Yeah, and I feel like the whole the whole execution of it, you mentioned he was very calculated in how he approached it. The T-800, the dud that went in and just started wrecking everything, he's causing a mess. Yeah. I mean, he's making a mess. 
the T, even even in the the mall shootout scene, which is one of the most iconic scenes in the movie, when he's running through the the hallway, who are you going to trust, a cop or a guy, a biker with a shotgun? I mean, truthfully, right? True. Yeah, it, true. It just at, by nature, you're going to yeah. trust more of a a police officer because they're probably trying to get the guy that's committed the crime, for the yeah. most part. Yeah. And I feel like that alone gives him a, a pretty good score. He really was unbeatable too, until they found liquid steel they got and lucky. threw him into that thing. They got lucky. Because yeah. even the liquid nitrogen, and we, I don't know where we should talk about this. Obviously, we can't go on for three hours here, but mm. like the liquid nitrogen sort of paused his moment or paused him, but then he reformed. Like, Did he have any weaknesses at all? outside of this and is he even really defeated or is now whatever they make that steel into is he part of the building yeah or the is truck it, is it, is it john's wall? play two rules that like whatever that steel makes ends up becoming part of the t-1000 i mean they made it seem like he died all his forms were showing up he was thrashing he was splashing around i like that yeah uh i don't know man i struggled with thinking of ways to beat him aside from like thinking in terms of ghostbusters to like <laughs> how do we trap that liquid right you need a containment possibly, unit. Yeah, we need a containment unit. We got to trap that liquid. If you trapped some of the liquid in a soda bottle, for example, say a 20-ounce bottle or a two-liter, would he be able to bust out of that bottle? Or if you capped it, would, he like, would it be like the slime from Ghostbusters 2 where it would rattle around, yeah. but it's contained in a but Tupperware like, container? Could you put him in Tupperware? It, yeah, I guess a good point. Well, if he could yeah. form spikes out of yeah. the liquid... Yeah. Maybe it has to be like lead or something where it's like, you know, acid can eat through something. Yeah. Maybe it's like that, those kind of rules. But I like your way you're thinking. You need yeah. some kind of trap or container. Otherwise, the liquid nitrogen worked. Um, got lucky they found it. But like at that point, you have to keep him in like a, you know, a, a freezer of such. Like a cryogenic. A cryogenic thing. freezer and hope that just no one lets him out. Someone lets him out 200 years from now that doesn't know the story of the T-1000. I mean, all hell's gonna break loose all over again. Well, so are you saying you're gonna give? Can we give him a? Can we give him a perfect plan? I mean, he really was only defeated um, because they walked into that steel plant. Or was that calculated? But, but I don't think his plan still. His plan wasn't great because he was. He was. He didn't have a good backup plan. That's true. Like he after he he met locked eyes with John Connor. He was winging it after the fact, right? That's true. I don't know. Like I'll still I'd still go at least a three. I kind of want to go for just because, like, how do you beat him? And that, but that's okay. not really part of the plan. No, but like it's part of like the the Skynet's plan to like when they when they built the T one thousand, he was almost flawless. So that's that counts, I guess. Because there's really no way to beat him, and they they honestly beat him by accident. If you yeah. think about it, they didn't really know what the hell they were doing. Yeah. I mean, they, they were just, lucky that he himself commandeered a liquid nitrogen tanker, yes, and crashed it into. Uh, steel smelting, <laughs> you know, factory or whatever the hell. <laughs> now I want to take a point away because he should know better. Yeah, <laughs> like, he should have taken them to like a field. He, he 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 was he was in go mode and he didn't realize what he was carrying back there. Maybe you convinced me to go back to a three. I wanted to yeah. go four because I feel like yeah. it was like oh he's damn near impossible. But he himself should have been smarter. Yeah, maybe we do have to go three because he, he should. It's have almost like known better. He was almost chasing through emotion, but he that doesn't make sense because he doesn't have emotion. Yeah, and that gives him one point better than the T eight hundred. Yeah, uh, I, I, let's I'm go fine. three. I'm fine with a three. Let's go three. Okay, well, what about henchmen? Because I don't think there's any. Right? Are his forms henchmen? They're part of his body. Yeah. I guess. Well, I think I think we counted them with look and style, though. What he should have done 
and you know when they they broke off his hand and it was part of the the car and it fell. Yeah. Yeah. What would have been cool is if he could have split into multiple versions of himself, mm. and then you have two T one thousands running around, like maybe a, like a half size one. Are they half? Are they like? <laughs> are they? It's like a child size one. Yeah. So then he has to form as a child. Interesting. And, but or or maybe like one's really tiny and it's just like you know an animal or something. But could do, he form as a dog? Do Why didn't they do that? Do you think he could have better or worse fought Arnold as two miniatures? Versus one hole. <laughs> I think better. Because, Double teamed them, but smaller? Yeah, because he could have, one could be a distraction and one yeah. could be like, imagine like two children, but like really strong kids fighting yeah. him. Yeah. And because Arnold know. would also underestimate him. But he, but each one could only be half as strong as a full size T-1000 though. Like could the, could a half size T-1000 <laughs> spike his back? Like, like, you know, I don't know. Why didn't anybody ever write this into the script? Yeah. I would have been. It would have been cool if the parts could have become something else. Like, why do they need yeah. to be together? Very interesting. I never I think thought he, of that. He gets a one though because there's nothing, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's there's nothing yeah. here. If he so, would have duplicated himself, then maybe maybe we can call that a henchman. But no, he gets a one. Man, so I'm adding this up here. So I'll recap it for you guys. So he's got a five for looking style, a one for hideout and layer, a three for the plan. A one for the henchman. So he's got a 10 here. Man, okay. it's it's kind of disappointing, isn't it? For as Did badass he, as yeah. he is. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have a house and you don't have friends, what are you, what are you doing? Kind of, kind of disappointing. I mean, to be honest, he's up there with like Kelly Stone from Sidekicks, Poison Ivy. He's in there with Jerry Jones, <laughs> Billy yeah. Loomis. I mean, damn. It's almost like guys like the Wet Bandits have a higher. Well, it's two of them, two of them, I guess. But yeah. you know, you got you got Hugo Snyder from Three Ninjas higher than him. I'm, yeah. I'm losing faith in our scale here somehow. But I think it's pretty low. But no, I, I think that it just it, speaks you know, for itself. Yeah, you you have to you have to be well rounded. You have to be well rounded. So before we close this out, we mentioned at the beginning of the show this is probably one of the greatest sequels of all time, probably the best Terminator film when you look at it objectively. There's multiple Terminator films in the franchise. Each one has progressively maybe been critically not well accepted, maybe some also publicly not well accepted. If you brought back James Cameron, forget that T3 existed, forget that any of these other ones existed, Genesis and all these others. If you said, James Cameron, come back, you write and you direct and you make Terminator 3, do you think it would be as good and would it do it justice? Or is this really just like a product of its time and you can't really make it again? I think it's both products of his time and lightning in a bottle. Um, that T two was as as good and better than T one. Yeah, I, I feel like T three would have been a a great movie because I have full faith in this director, but would not have been as good and better enough left alone. I'm, I'm glad he made Titanic. Put it that way. <laughs> it didn't it didn't didn't waste his time on T three. And then let, the other, let, the ocean. Let, let the other people write all the sequels, get some enjoyment out of them. They don't need to be as good as T2. T2 can be its own thing by itself. And, and for the record, I like T3. I know it's not a great movie, but I think the acting does it a disservice. But I feel like the writing of the story actually is pretty cool. And I, I didn't mind it. And the scene of Arnold with the casket is one yeah. of my all-time favorite like images. Yeah. 
Listen, Nick Stahl is the Edward Furlong of 20-something actors. Right? It's perfectly cast, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. it was perfectly cast. Yeah. You couldn't have done it any better. I mm-hmm. mean, it's, you're exactly right. So yeah. I don't know. I love this movie. I This movie, we joked about it not being too long or whatever. It really was over two hours, but it felt like it goes by in a breeze. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. I hope yep. you guys like it too. If you've never seen this, you better go out and watch it right now. It's that good. Uh but man, what a great movie. I'm glad we were I, able to do this one. I would I would love a world where there's a person out there listening who has never seen T2 and went and saw it just because Drew a bad way <laughs> said to go watch it. I, I want to know. So listen, if you have not seen this movie, if there's someone out here that's listening to this and you've not seen it, please send us an email, the last row podcast at gmail.com or write a comment on the YouTube page or the, the website's page, the last row podcast.com. Please let us know because I want to know what you why you haven't seen it. And then after you see it, I want to know what you think of it as a fresh viewer. I yeah. need to know. It's like, oh, <laughs> so, you know, I, I never saw this classic movie, but these two podcast fools that I listen to, uh, you know what? They, they convinced me. <laughs> these idiots. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for listening. If you guys are enjoying the show, please consider leaving us a, a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We'll be back and we'll be uh, back to you guys in two weeks with our new episode on Thursday, March 9th. And in the meantime, watch Terminator 2. If you haven't seen it, let us know. And uh, we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. So I asked you before, like, is it functioning? Like, you're just suggesting that it's just there. Like, it's just hanging. It's not doing anything. There's no no function to it whatsoever. No, there would need to be, like, the synthetic blood flow down there, right? Don't they have and, blood? And how how do you simulate arousal? Unless they have the it's pump. A, it's a feeling that that uh, like I know now why you cry, but it's something you never do. <laughs> I know now why you are aroused. <laughs> I don't know why you are aroused, but it's something I can never do. <laughs>